If you are looking for the latest update on all the prop bets coming up for the Super Bowl. What? No. 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 That's, this isn't that podcast. They're out there, but this isn't it. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple gets together, taking turns each week, deciding on something they want to watch, preferably something they've one of them, anyway, has seen and is a fan of, and then they show it to their uh, significant other, and we chat about it here. It's kind of what we do. It's our thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not nearly as entertaining as it sounds. It's... I am Stan the Movie Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, when there are movies to review, I review them uh, occasionally at StanTheMovieMan.com and also monthly for WIMZ.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple ways to do that. Uh, the easiest way is probably via email, uh, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message. Just click on the link in the description of this podcast. Joining me as usual is the one, the only, the amazing, the spectacular. As usual? Have you done this with somebody else that I don't know about? Well, no. I mean, as usual means it's you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Joining me as usual, like what you're used to. Okay. Gotcha. And the derailment has begun. <laughs> Here's my better half. Maud the big sick broad, oh. but it's not what you think. No, no. Yeah, yeah. oh, no, yeah. actually, yeah. There's been improvement on that front, yeah. and we're thankful for that. But what we are here to discuss this week is it was my choice, and I chose the 2017 film The Big Sick. Hence why I'm the big sick broad. Exactly. It stars Kumail Nanjiani, Zoe Kazan, also Holly Hunter, and Ray Romano. Um, it is based on the true life story of stand-up comedian Kumail Nanjiani, who uh, was uh, in Chicago uh, in the stand-up scene doing open mics, and he's got this uh, group of friends around him uh, who are also stand-ups uh, and he's also of course having to make some money you know somehow so he's he's an uber driver mm -hmm. and uh, one night at the club this young lady heckles him her name's Emily uh, she's played uh, by Zoe Kazan and um, he talks to her after his set uh, they're sitting at the bar and they go to his apartment and they begin this relationship. It's very quick. However, there's a complication because his, uh, he's originally from Pakistan. His family, all from Pakistan, they moved there, uh, moved to America when uh, he was, you know, uh, like 12 or something like that. And they want him to marry a Pakistani girl. These appear to be very, aside from the fact that they relocated the whole family here, they seem to be very entrenched in traditional Pakistani culture and um, customs 
and arranged marriage. Yes, that is one of the customs is that's arranged a, marriage. That's a huge deal. And um, they are very uh, insistent upon that, so much so that if he were to date and marry a uh, white girl, that they would, you know, Disown throw him. him out of the family. So he, he keeps his relationship with Emily a, a secret. But... When he goes over to his parents' house for dinner, they always seem there always seems to be this young Pakistani woman showing up. Uh, just, just happened uh, to be in just, the neighborhood. Yes, uh, and just dropping by. Uh, they uh, they try to set him up with her for an arranged marriage. Uh, they always leave him a photograph, um, and they try to impress him with their uh, pop culture knowledge. For instance, one of them. Talks about the X Files because that's Kamel's favorite show, um, and um, you know he doesn't want this kind of life for himself. He wants to do his stand-up. He, uh, his parents want him to go become a lawyer, um, and uh, they want him to have a traditional Pakistani wife and have babies and just stay within their view of what his life should be, but he is railing against that. And part of that is his relationship with Emily. Uh, now, Emily finds the cigar box where he keeps all the photographs of these young women. And it's like, it, you know, it's like the next Pakistani top model up in there. These women who are showing up are beautiful, intelligent, accomplished mm -hmm. young women, but they are also entrenched in this... Um, Pakistani custom of arranged marriages and that whole tradition and stuff. Yeah. So. And Emily is angry at Kumail because he hasn't told her anything about this. He hasn't introduced her to his parents, even though she is sort of um, wanting to introduce Kumail to her parents. Mm -hmm. It's very one-sided. Mm -hmm. And um, well, he... and let me take the back. It looks one-sided. Um, I think that he would have loved to have been able and free to reveal her to his family, but he felt he could not. Right, because he he says he can't live without his family. Um, so she finds all these pictures. He explains what's going on with the attempt to arrange a marriage and that he admits he hasn't uh, told uh, his family about her. Yeah. She gets very angry and goes away. Um, breaks up with him, tells him he's awful, and just leaves. You screwed up, buddy. Yeah. Um, a few days later, um, he gets a phone call from Emily's friend and Emily's in the hospital, uh, they think with the flu, but it actually is something far more serious. She has an infection in her lungs, um, and uh, they're going to have to put her uh, into a medically induced coma and put her on a, a ventilator so that uh, they can try to figure out what is uh, the infection so that they can figure out how to treat it, which uh, leads Kumail to call um, Emily's parents, played by Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, who got their own thing going on, mm -hmm. and um, they come and sit and take care of Emily, and because they are aware that Emily and Kumail have broken up, 
um, they tell him he can go. But he always keeps coming back to sit with Emily and uh, stay with them. And even though Holly Hunter, uh, as the mom, not a big fan of Kumail at the no. very beginning. She um, she gave him a hard road to hoe. So, yeah. Uh, this is, as I said, a 2017 movie. Uh, and is based on the real-life romance of Kumail Nanjiani and his now wife, Emily V. Gordon. Um, and um, they wrote the script for the movie. It was uh, directed by Michael Showalter, who is um, a sort of alt-comic uh, sketch comedy guy um, and uh, it was uh, released by Amazon um, they they bought it and did the releasing of it uh, Judd Apatow is also a producer on it um, and just off of the top of your head give me an idea of your initial thoughts before we watched it because you had said, as we were, it's available to stream on Amazon Prime. Um, you had said that you had thought you wanted to see that, mm -hmm. and I had seen it and reviewed it when it came out. Um, so, what were your initial thoughts on it? Um, I was just thinking rom com, mm -hmm. something light and fluffy, and mm -hmm. um, a, a pillowy cloud of nougat, as it were. Um, since I can't probably really taste a pillowy cloud of nougat yet, Not yet but no. um, I was just thinking, um, you know, rom-com, something fun. Okay, you weren't expecting it to be... No! <laughs> um, no, what I told you last night, among many things that I just completed after the, after the film was over, um, there's a lot of layers to this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of content to this. There's a lot of social commentary in this. We see some really ugly racism happening, mm -hmm. um, not in necessarily ways that we are used to or accustomed to seeing racism happening. Um, we get what looks to be a pretty authentic... Um, glimpse into Pakistani culture as far as the arranged marriages and the, the, the very rigid structure of family and mm -hmm. um, that whole that whole piece of the puzzle but layers and layers and layers of stuff full disclosure love Holly Hunter always have loved Holly Hunter she she brings I mean she's a brilliant actor but when I see her work there's always a core of herself in whatever character she's inhabiting at the time mm -hmm. and um she she is very fully flowered i think in this role and the foil that ray romano provides for her i thought that 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 dynamic was really striking to me because you know everybody loves raymond was just kind of this big dumb good-natured goof and blah, blah, blah. and he has um much more nuance well there here. were there he has done a couple of tv shows one was on tnt oh men of a certain age that was yes. brilliant that was uh, good tv and that that I think opened people's eyes a bit to that you know he could do more than that sad sack yeah um, more range um, whipped husband um, still and, funny this character still has moments of blazing humor oh yeah uh, and and a lot of that stuff between him and Kumail 
um, was ad-libbed on set. Oh, that's so satisfying. I mean, they did, you know, they did the script, and then they did one or two for them, mm -hmm. as they say. And, and some of those scenes, especially the thing about if it was easy, they wouldn't call it love or something yeah, like whatever, that. Whole, whatever that spend that the night whole, conversation. Yeah, that whole thing um, at Kamel's apartment. Um, I liked the chemistry between Ray Romano and Holly Hunter much more than I would have expected just putting those two names together mm -hmm. without seeing the chemistry happen. It doesn't look like something that would work. On paper it doesn't, yeah. but on screen it totally does. Yeah, it's... Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. They were, uh, uh, Hunter and Romano are a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, there was that uh, Saving Grace, that oh, show yeah. that she did, um, about the police detective who is a who hot a, mess. And has a guardian angel yes, named and Earl. A, yeah, who, who she sees and, you know, is, is a real presence. Um I, I see a lot of grace in yes in this, in this character. character. Yeah, I did too. Um, it, um, but the two of them together, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, those two characters, the chemistry that they bring, um, much more than the sum of its parts, I think. And they did a lot with what they were given. Mm-hmm. Um, really it's, cool. It's uh, it it is a it's a sweet film, but like you said, it's got a lot of layers. There's a lot more going on than just this uh, romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. um, the narcissism in the stand-up scene. <laughs> um, there's some real, there's some really misplaced, out of whack, out of line ego happening there. Which, as a performer, yes, you have to have some. I get it. But some of these people are just raging jackasses. Well, yes, and that is apparently, I've never been in it, but apparently that is a big part of the stand-up scene uh, at these clubs where a lot of the comics will stay and, you know, sit and drink or just sit uh, between sets or after sets and just beat the living daylights out of each other verbally. Um, they, yeah, like how bad you suck and how crap you are. Right, and, and you know, m more vile well, things. Well, yeah, uh, I don't, yeah, no. So, but um, the king of that in this movie is Bo Burnham, who plays uh, CJ um, and is a stand-up comic. And there's uh, there are some just wickedly funny things that he says. And Bo Burnham is amazing his stand-up specials which are more like art pieces than actual stand-up um i mean sometimes he gets a little full of himself in my opinion uh tries to be a little too weird and out there with his um with his comedy yes uh but also, a lot of his specials are really, really good. And he plays the piano. He's a very good piano player. Yeah. I should totally Google him. Yes. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's very good. Also in the cast is A.D. Bryant from, you will know, from Saturday Night Live. Also one of the stand-up comics. Kurt Brownoller uh, is a stand-up comic who is not very good. Yeah, there's always that <laughs> poor guy. But he's, he's one guy. of these guys who just simply doesn't, see that he sucks yeah that he sucks um 
and uh, you know, there's. Uh, I I like the comedy club stuff, the mm-hmm. simply because, you know, I'd seen this before, so I knew what was coming. So it, between the family drama with Kumail and then the the drama with Emily, the, the hospital the family breakup drama. and the the breakup and the illness, uh, it provides a respite for what's to come if you haven't seen it. Well, and it's seasoning because it's the other part of his life. Yes. That is very important to him. Yes, it is. Which his family, of course, always with the comedy, always with the comedy. Yeah. Stunned up. His His mother is a judgmental, horrible person. (laughs) I do not like her, Stan I am. Yeah, uh, she she is definitely the harder uh, of the two parents on Kumail about this stuff. Um, her, the actress's name is Zenobia Shroff. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, she is... Old line, hardcore, nasty, mean person. And, um, let's see. I just stepped all over you, I'm sorry. Anupam Kerr. Uh, again, probably mispronouncing that, is uh, the actor who plays his father. And while he he tries to put on a show of, you know, sternness with Kumail, I think he's the softy of the two of them. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I, I like them as well, and her transparent attempts to... I like to hate him. Well, mm, it's a little harsh. But um, their transparent... That's how I roll, dog. That's true, that's true. Um, her transparent attempts to try to bring... Try to, you know... Find him a introduce wife. Introduce a, a new wife to Kumail. Um, and it just... <laughs> it's, uh, it even becomes a little bit of a bit because the first time we see it happen, Kumail says within te- 10 seconds she's going to say something about just happened to be in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does. And she does. Um, but, you know, I don't understand all of that, any of that culture. Um, Kumail actually, in the movie, does this sort of one-man show of his life in Pakistan and how he, you know, it's painfully boring because it's more... <laughs> It's more like a social studies class on Pakistan as opposed to any sort of... Information about him and informing his life history. And Emily tells him that. Uh, Yeah, really? Learned a lot, but would have been nice if I'd have learned less about Pakistan and more about you. And he actually changes it when we see it the last Uh time. Yeah, he took Uh, her advice. And it's, you know, the whole movie is just one sort of little, little surprise after the other from um you know their initial meeting which they move very quickly into a relationship and they they're constantly saying i don't have time for a relationship i'm not dating right now i'm not dating i'm very busy i got my career i got, got the school. two day two day rule two can't day, see you yeah, for two days Kumail's two day um, rule which is ridiculous we didn't there's no time uh and they keep not paying any attention to that even yeah. though they both agree to it they just you know completely we see ignore him, it we see him fall in love and yes. it is so 
sweet and so awkward and there's this, this hilarious moment where it's three in the morning and she's rooting around in his apartment trying to find clothes and shoes and stuff and she's shuffling around and she wakes him up and he's like you know what's what's going on she's like i gotta go is that diner around the corner open he's like it's always open it's 24 hours blah blah, blah. and it turns out she has to poop and she is so embarrassed that she has to poop because she who doesn't have air freshener in their apartment and it's i'm embarrassed and i have to go and it's just a very hilarious and totally relatable kind of moment yeah it was um, really fun and very sweet yeah it's there are and and there are little things like that little popping pomegranate seeds that we just keep popping and the juice is nice and it's a surprise yeah, we we watched a good eats about pomegranates. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, that later. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you remembered that though to tie the reference in. Good on you, Stan. Yeah. You um, smart. Uh, not really. Um, and, and we, you know, like I said, little 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 bits throughout the movie that are a surprise, like the first one who, uh, the first. Uh, Pakistani woman we meet uh, who's being set up with Kumail talks about the truth is out there you know and she yeah, yells it beats him over the him. head with the X-Files uh -huh. because that's apparently a thing which it totally should be a thing <laughs> um, Kumail has a brother named Navid who has married well mm -hmm. and married a good traditional Pakistani woman and so they they are also part of this family dynamic. I'm assuming it's an older brother. It looks like an older brother. Um, yes, I believe okay. that's true. Um, and part of me relates to Kumail almost being like that last old maid daughter that the parents have to marry off before they can die in peace. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of the process sort of a bit of what it looks like to me is they're trying to get that old maid married off so that they can live their lives and die. So yeah, there's poor Camille. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big weight. And there's a scene late in the film where they lay the guilt on his parents, lay the guilt on very thick about how they gave up everything for him. That uh, his mother can't go see. She hasn't seen her niece ever. She got yeah. born without her. Hasn't seen her family in 15 years. They can't go home. Um, well, and there's, you know, it's been at war. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Forever. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, about how he's he's um, selfish. Ungrateful. And he doesn't think about them. Uh, you only think about yourself. Why can't you think about us? You know, and, you know, all of those little daggers, you know, death by a thousand cuts, mm -hmm. it, it is a terribly painful scene. Yeah. Um, and at that point was when I was getting angry because that's not what you're supposed, to, that's not what your kids are supposed to do. Your kids are supposed to grow up, you do the best you can with them, and then you send them out in the world. Um it isn't up to your children to take care of you unless they choose to. Well, and he comes back with a good point. He's like, if you, if you want me to be so Pakistani, why did you bring me here? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's the, yeah. That fraught family conflict is visceral. Yeah. It's, 
it's a painful scene, but uh, it also sets up another scene later on that is very sweet and mm-hmm. where uh, Kamel just refuses to be thrown out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some more about um, the big the sick. Big sick. <laughs> Uh, at a moment. I, I went to a completely different movie. Okay. That we haven't watched yet. And Ooh. you will hate if you ever do watch it. Okay, sweet, good. Um, All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about The Big Sick right after this. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We are talking about The Big Stick. <laughs> <laughs> that is fabtacular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Big Sick. See, <laughs> Excuse I, me. I got my words swapped because yeah, I was thinking the big sick starring, and it came out the big stick starring, okay. or it would have come out starring. Okay. Anyway, uh, the you big need, you sick. Need, you need a minute? No, I'm okay. good. Okay. Uh, the big sick starring Kamel Nanjiani, Zoe Kazan, and more. Um, so, do you want to tell them what happened at the end of this movie? For you personally? Sure, I have no shame. All right. Um, okay, so what happens is the movie ties up, and it ties up for me in very satisfying fashion. So um, the credits start to roll, and so do my tears. <laughs> and it was ridiculous, okay? Was it the movie ending, or was it the pictures? Because um, they show pictures of Emily, the real Emily and Kumail. Uh, from their weddings. Yeah, I, I don't know, really. It was just the way... Th- it was the story. Okay. It was the story. And all of a sudden, I I turn into this blubbering pile of goo, and I'm like, I'm not crying like a girl you are! Yeah, that's the first time I have heard that said aloud. <laughs> uh, I've seen it on Twitter a thousand times, but... Yeah, I, I've and, never actually heard somebody say that. And then I'm like sniffling, and then I'm like, blame it on the Rona! Yeah, I have yeah. no hold on my emotions, so we blame it on the Rona! Yeah. And like literally, like tears and yelling and stuff, and, and Stan turns around in the chair and he's looking at me, and I'm like legit, <laughs> legit ugly crying. Boo-hoo and all over the place. To the point where he gets up, comes where I am, takes me by the shoulders, hugs my face. It's ju- I was just a blubbering mess. Yeah. Ugly crying, blame it on the Rona, I'm not crying, you are! Mm-hmm. All, the, all the things. It was, all of that. It was cathartic. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised because... I was too. <laughs> well, the movie, while somewhat emotional, to me anyway, doesn't have quite that level of heartstring plucking. Now, see, for me, it was it was like so much, so much, oh, God, you people are killing me. Just fix it. Just fix it. Just fix it. And then, then by the time we finally get a resolution... It was just so cathartic is the only word I can. And so I just turned into this banshee wailing, snot slinging (laughs) machine. Uh, Well, you may not have been the only one because this movie was quite popular and well reviewed. Oh, if I had seen this in public with like actual other human beings, Uh I I would have died a a thousand deaths of shame. (laughs) No, you would have been all right. I would have. Died a thousand deaths of shame. Um, the movie has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy score, Batman. Based on 
almost 300 critical reviews. That's huge. Um, Even I get that that's huge. And on Metacritic, it has an 86. Uh, also huge. So uh, that is considered universal acclaim. Yeah, I um, see why. And the cinema score of audiences polled on opening day gave it an A. And you, you, you think we even need to bother rating it? Well, I got a little more information to go. Oh, okay. Uh, it had a tiny, tiny budget. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Five million dollars. Okay. And in 2017, it um, was the highest grossing independent film of the year. Mm, okay. It made 56.4 million dollars worldwide. So, booyah. Yeah. It, really good ROI. It did very, very well. All right, since uh, it's not going to... Oh, and uh, Emily and Kamel were nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Sweet! They did not win, Well, however. you know what, though? That's okay. They, uh, I think they lost to The Quiet Place. Hmm, huh, okay. Which is uh, Jordan Peele's horror movie okay which is very good too we should watch that um but it uh yeah it was a it was even though it wasn't a huge wide release it did very very well yeah so uh please tell me what rating out of five or 11 million uh do you give uh the big sick 116 116 um i loved this movie i i was there i can i can vouch for that she really did yeah i loved it yeah you did so good well you know uh i also i give it five stars as well i and i just like kumail because i've been he's so likable um i knew of him long before this uh he and emily did a podcast uh called the Indoor Kids, which was about video games, and they would bring on a guest, somebody from the comedy community or, you know, whoever, yeah, um, and talk about old video games. So, oh, that sounds fun. Uh, well, they don't do that, and they haven't done that in quite a while. He also did the X-Files Files, I think was what he called it, where he taught, he had people on, and they would talk about his favorite X-Files episodes. Squee! And... He was in an episode of the reboot of the X-Files. Yeah. Um, and that was like, he could die. He was... Well, yeah, was, that's his... That's, that's, that is all. And he got to uh, interview, um, I think, both of them. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. And I'd seen his stand-up. I, I saw his uh, one of his stand-up specials. Um, and, you know, I, I just like him. Yeah. And um, he's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's going to play a character in, um, he's going to play a superhero in the movie The Eternals. I don't know anything about this group. They apparently are beings that have been around for centuries or millennia or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a group of, of sort of the off branch of uh, of Marvel superheroes. Okay. And as soon as, you know, everybody gets their shot and they open up theaters again, hopefully that will be coming out fairly soon. I hope he maintains his nerdy quality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though he is now all buff and cut, 
uh, he made quite a stir on Instagram and Twitter when he posted uh, pictures of him without a shirt on after he had, you know, been working out and and he he looked fine. He quite the chocolate bar. He he nice. Okay. So I'm sure Emily's pretty happy with him too. Oh, by the way, um, yeah, the uh, the uh, the disease that puts oh, yeah. Emily in the hospital, she really has, or yeah. something very similar to it. She's got a very she's got to watch her diet and she has to avoid a bunch of stuff and. Adult so, onset stills disease yes, is what it's called. It, at least it's that's a, what it is in the movie. It's a form of arthritis, and it's easily overlooked and um, can can be deadly. Yeah, um, inflammation causes your body's immune system to attack it like it's an infection. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, uh, it's a it's a weird thing, uh, and it was actually noticed. It was actually figured out because Camille noticed that she had a sprained ankle, and when the swelling hadn't gone down uh, after she'd been in that medically-induced coma three days, they figured out that that's where they needed yeah. to look. So, It's actually um, it, it, it's, it's a real thing. And there's a lot in this movie that is true to their romance, a lot that isn't. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a sweet little movie, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Um, if you are an Amazon Prime member, uh, you don't have to pay anything extra for it. Awesome. Yes. What else have you been watching? Well, um, we watched several old Good Eats episodes what, Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, we saw pomegranate. We saw pepper. Um, we there were several things, and it was just that was just comfort food TV and comfort TV. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that you just let them keep rolling, but I was very happy with that. I enjoy Alton Brown. I, I enjoy his style. We've seen him live tw twice. Um, uh, well, I've seen him live twice. Um, yeah, I think I've maybe seen him live one more time. Okay. Um, I don't know. We built a vacation around him. <laughs> let me rephrase that. She built a vacation around it. You were totally on board. Well, we were going to the place where we go anyway. So. Yeah, so anyway. It all um, worked out. Yeah, hashtag nerd crush is, is, is Alton Brown for me, but um, he is a legitimate chef trained at yeah. the New England Culinary Institute. He um, His claim to fame prior to this was videography for um, an REM video. Um yeah, he directed um, the one I love, I think, or oh. early on. Yeah, because they, you know he is an Atlanta based, and mm -hmm. they were Atlanta based, and he was there. He did music videos for a while. Huh. Um, I did not know that. You should Google the Alton Brown. Yeah, that's what I have. Learn you for. the things. Anyway, um, so there was that. We watched an episode, the the latest episode of Wandavision. Yes. That dropped. We've been watching those. Yes, and I'm surprised that you actually seem to be enjoying it. Um, it's because just, you know nothing about these characters. I don't. It's a Marvel thing, and I I don't really care about that stuff. But it's just so quirky and stylish and interesting looking. Mm -hmm. Um, that's sort of drawing me into the other stuff, and then I eventually asked you the question yes. about like. 
So who is Ultron? Yeah, she made the mistake of asking me who Ultron is, and then that took 20 minutes. It wasn't a mistake. I wanted to know. And because it was a thing in this particular episode. And there's, I'm sure, going to be more things that pop up um, as we go. They seem to flash forward one decade per episode. It started in the 50s, bounced to the 60s, and now we're in the 70s. Right. Um, and it's all and very... Very Colorful, well done. very stylish, very um, true to the era for those of us who remember what the clothes and furniture and things looked like. Yes. And they're, they're styling their sets after some of the houses in classic sitcoms. Uh, like, uh, I think in the second episode, it looked exactly like the bewitched kitchen, mm -hmm. dining area, yeah. and living room. And in this one, it sort of looked like a flipped version of the Brady Bunch house. Yes. Um... But, yeah, Wanda, it's weird. It is weird. And they really dive into the whole uh, retro sitcom uh, vibe. vibe of it. Uh, and then they just sprinkle in these little, like, Wanda has a baby in uh, one day in the third episode. Yeah, the whole pregnancy takes place in, in the in A matter episode. of hours. Oh, and, oh, by the way, there's a second one in there, too. Yeah. Oh, well, twins? Yeah, All right. Twins. And she's a twin, which then spurs a memory, which led to the who's Ultron question. Um, and you're all like, oh? And, and any time they start to figure things out, it the scene just resets slightly, and it's like nothing, you know, that, why are we here? Who are we? Uh, you know, you had a brother, uh, you know. Uh, it's it's it resets and then then they just start up again like it's the the sitcom again. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to see who's pulling the strings, why she is, why she and Vision are in this um, what appears to be some sort of holographic uh, thing, um, a holographic world, uh, and um, how come Vision is there? Because, as some of you may know, Vision dies in Infinity War. So. But it's a. It's a comic book movie. So nobody's they ever still, really dead. That's nobody's, true. Like, you know, the magic band-aid can bring you back to life again. They and, still have to explain how he's still alive. If he really is or if this is just some sort of projection in Wanda's mind. Yeah. So. I'm I'm curious, although I could use a little more mystery and a little less sitcom, because the, quite frankly the jokes aren't funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they really dive into the whole not only the look of it but the the, the lighting and the laugh track and the laugh track. Yeah, it's it's all it's all just right there moving a thing so yeah there we go so it's uh yeah yeah i'm i'm way i really sort of want the mystery to start to develop yeah. speaking of mystery we also watched a couple episodes of columbo mm -hmm. um legit 70s television yes um and those are always fun because of the faces the the actors that you see oh yeah that are people you <laughs> you know you, or at least people my age know and have seen in a thousand different things. Well, uh, I remember asking you in one of the episodes, I'm like, that's Robert Culp again, right? right? Because I had seen him several episodes in the first season 
Well, um, where, just one. Well, but several episodes ago oh, in the yes, first yeah. season. And I'm like, oh, that's Robert Culp. And then he's like, I'm like, that's Robert Culp again, right? Yes, and, and he like, was the murderer in both of them. And I'm like, oh, okay, frequent flyer, good to know. Yes, uh, and um, Ray Moland shows up in an earlier mm-hmm. episode as uh, the husband of the victim who Robert Culp kills. Mm-hmm. And uh, then later on as the killer in another one. So, dun, dun, dun. yeah, apparently this is this uh, these Sunday mystery movies were the kind of the law and order of the 70s because they just kept recycling actors. Mm-hmm. And you could always depend on having at least one a year, one guest spot a year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying it, even though I see things that trouble me <laughs> uh, like... Um, Colombo planning evidence and not yeah. really there's in the the second one with Robert Culp. Yeah. There is no proof that he was the killer. What Colombo finally uses to say, aha, here's the thing is not evidence. Yeah. It's it's, you know, unless the guy just collapses and says, "Yes, I did it." But even then, at least now, you have to have corroborating evidence to, for a conviction with a uh, confession. So, anyway, gee, these little things just sort of stick out and bug me. As an adult, yes. yes. As, uh, you know, a 10 or 12-year-old when these aired originally, I'm fine with it. The The bad guy got caught, so I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is available to stream on IMDb TV, which, again, if you have uh, Amazon Prime, that is a channel, that's a streaming channel you can access. Um, oh, and to clear our palates after uh, all the crying from the big sick, <laughs> we watched The Cult of the Family, also on Amazon Prime. Yeah, a little true crime for relaxation. Yes. Uh, it's a three-part Australian a uh, true crime documentary about a cult known as The Family, led by a um, husband and wife. She claimed to be uh, the return of Jesus Christ, and that everybody had to do what she said, and that she was um, going to train all these children that they quote-unquote adopted, read, mostly stole, um, from... Uh, unwed mothers in Australia. This is again also in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, and, and up into the eighties. Yes, and that these children were going to be the leaders and teachers of the survivors after the Holocaust that was coming for the people on planet Earth. There were adults in the cult as well, and she was mostly bleeding them for money. Uh, and some of the uh, women in the cult, also referred to as aunties, uh, were raising the children, but what they were actually doing was punishing them severely and starving them yeah. and sexually abusing them. Uh, so it's it's a messed up documentary as far as the subject matter goes, and it is a wholly unsatisfying conclusion. Yeah. Um, completely unsatisfying. So, uh, if if you want to become extremely frustrated, then uh, uh, the cult of the family is actually on stars. Yeah. Uh, and we get that through Amazon Prime. A lot of Amazon Prime on this week. 
Uh-huh. Uh, also on Am- on uh, Stars is Seduced, which is the other Nexium documentary. Oh, ew. Oh. Yeah. Um, it takes a slightly different approach than the HBO one, which I think was six episodes. Yes. This is only four. And uh, it focuses almost entirely on India Oxenberg. Yeah. Uh, and her mother. Um, and her time in the cult. And, um, you know, they're talking to her, of course, after she's out of it and, and after the court cases and everything. And um, she's gone through some therapy to help her deal with the fact that she was sexually abused by Keith Raniere, uh, the leader of Nexium, and that the whole thing was just, um, well, the whole thing was both a... Um, endless well of money for the leaders of Nexium and also a sex cult for Keith Raniere. Yeah. Um, it's a, it, it, and it takes, and it spends less time teaching you about Nexium, at least as far as the teachings of Nexium, mm-hmm. and more of how it has affected India and a couple of the other people. Yeah, we see a lot of just... Um, like her speaking straight to camera about her experiences and insights and things. We also get some footage with several therapists she works with mm-hmm. in the course of trying to process the damage that has happened to her. Um, we see her, to, I mean, the, 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 a big thing about the, the women who were in DOS was that, among other things, they were branded. Yes. And they were branded with Keith Raniere's initials. And they, it could also be seen that Allison Mack's initials, initials were are in there incorporated too. in the design yes. as well. Um, we, and I, I'm like sitting here on the couch. I'm like, cut that out. Cut that out of my body. I, I want no part of this. Cut this thing out of me. Well, we do see her have a consultation with a plastic surgeon. Yes. And he's talking to her about the multi stage process it would be to excise this scar yes from her body it's not just a it's a large enough lesion that it would have to be removed in multiple stages yeah. and i and i would still be all like cut cut that out cut it out cut it out i want it gone skin graft get rid of it yeah it would be like 18 months for all the surgeries to and the heal and, and yeah. all that stuff um, what she ends up doing, spoiler alert, is um, not getting it cut out, but um, having it altered in a way that she apparently has peace with. Yes. Which and it obliterates it. You yeah, can't see you, it. You can't see it. You'd have to actually feel the the raised, raised places. Yeah, the scar. Um, so that works for her. Whatever. I mm-hmm. would have. I would have scraped that thing out myself with a rusty spoon. <laughs> And but that's me, and I'm a different person. Yeah. So. So. But it's it's it was telling and interesting and poignant to see her process of healing, which is, in my view, probably going to be a lifelong path for her. Oh yeah, and, and the other people we saw in the other documentary. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, um, Mark Vicente. Uh, Mark Vicente and his wife and. Sarah several, Edmondson and her husband. And several of the other people who had been deep in, into the cult. Some of them seem to be better able to handle um, the aftermath, while some of them are broken. Yeah. 
you can tell because once they start talking about specific things within the cult and their culpability with yeah. those things, they just fall apart. Yeah. So it it's it is infuriating and heartbreaking at the same time because you hear some of the things that Ranieri said and granted I you know he maybe this stuff came in later after you had been in the throes of it for a long time but some of the things he said is just verbal vomit repugnant that well that and and it makes no sense it's just it's just a you know circular logic it doesn't it doesn't have a beginning or an end. It's well, just, it doesn't mean anything. He was in love with the sound of his own voice, among other Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, that's Seduced. That's on Stars. Um, it's four episodes. And we watched, well, at least I did. I think you fell asleep for part of it. Mm -hmm. um, Spycraft on Netflix. Yeah, I did sleep through part of it. And, and I um, interneted through part of it. And I crafted through part of it. But I also listened through part of it. And it's really fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a 8 or 10 episode. And each one's 30 to 40 minutes long. Yeah, it's definitely doable. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's about the art and science of spying. Um, and Espionage. How, yes, and how... Uh, they usually take one particular subject of spying, whether it's the technology needed to listen to phone calls or uh, how sex is often used to either to recruit people or to compromise them so that they give up information um, and lots of other things. It's uh, it was it was very interesting, a bit repetitive at times because some of the topics were covered they as well in other episodes but uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's an, it was interesting to see all this behind the scenes stuff some of that stuff i had heard before other things i hadn't some of the technology and tools that they used was very get smart i mean they actually talked about the shoe phone well it was a listening device that was hidden in the in heel a of a shoe in the heel of a shoe i mean it was just it was very um, very Cold War, very... Oh, very, very Cold yeah. War. Yeah, and um, interesting. Yeah. It's cool. There, uh, there was one thing uh, about a listening transmitting device that didn't have an electrical source. It was designed by a Russian named Theremin, uh, and if you've ever heard the sort of warbly uh, music in very old horror movies... The device that makes that music is called a theremin because he created it. I want to learn how to play one. <laughs> well, you just move your hand towards it and away from it. it yeah, it's the, it's the only musical instrument that's played actually by not touching anything. You are manipulating the air surrounding and, the apparatus. And he created a device that when it is bombarded by a certain type of high-frequency radio waves, um, creates an electrical current within itself that then part of it acts as a microphone and part of it acted as a transmitter and it would send the information to uh, someplace else nearby uh, and it, it was, you know, if you were sweeping the room for bugs, they always look for some sort of a variation in electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. This wouldn't do that. Really and smart. the only way they found it was uh, it was hidden inside of this 
carved wooden seal of the United States made by Russian, uh, the Russian version of the Boy Scouts, which seems like, you know, even from the Russian Boy Scouts, you don't accept a gift. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah. Um, but um, they they took it down off the wall, and I think they noticed it had a had a a, a seam that seemed out there of was place. That, yeah, well, that meant that there were two pieces, mm -hmm. and then they took it apart and they found the listening device after it had been up for like a decade in the Russian embassy or in the American embassy in Russia. So, uh, yeah, it's very there. Are, some very fascinating bits and pieces um, in this particular um, uh, documentary series. There is the one episode about sexpionage. Mm -hmm. um, there is some rather graphic visuals. So uh, you probably don't want to watch this one with your children. Or if, <laughs> or if you're a young adult, you don't want to watch it with your parents. Ew. Uh, yeah. Gross. Ew. Gross, 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 gross. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Spycraft on Netflix. And something we, I just read about today and we watched a little bit of before we started recording is Babylon 5. Yay, and also Squee! It is available to stream on HBO Max. It is, uh, and I believe it's also on Amazon Prime. Um, it We've is, got it on DVD, but... Well, yes, but we don't have the uh, remastered um, and uh, improved CGI of Babylon 5. Now, there are people who dislike Babylon 5, say it's too slow or uh, it's just not very good, but uh, they considering... Are, and they are wrong. Yes, they are. Considering when it was made, um, the... Um, technology available at the time and all of that. It was cutting edge graphics technology at the time. At the time. Uh, and it looked fine on our old... Um, Analog uh, CRTs. CRTs, uh, TVs. And, um, and having seen it on our DVDs, uh, on our TV, it does not look good. Well, it doesn't hold up well with today's technology reading it. Right. But they have fixed that, at least for all the episodes except the uh, pilot movie. Uh, the other interesting thing about Babylon 5 is they replaced the lead actor, who uh, the guy who plays the commander of the space station. But they managed to write in his absence and return in a way that wasn't originally planned. John Michael Straczynski, who was the creative force behind this, was a fevered genius. Um, <laughs> no, he truly was. Yeah. Um, there was, from the beginning, in most instances, in my estimation, as I remember and understand, it seemed to me that there was an overarching... There was a five-year five year arc, arc yes. that was pretty fully bloomed from the beginning, and it was just a process of them getting there, getting there. Um, my friend Martin and I used to talk endlessly about some of the parallels between Babylon 5 and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. which, again, had a an overarching years-long theme that permeated throughout the entirety of the series and that was one of the similarities that we discussed between DS9 and B5 and I just thought that Babylon 5 was brilliant 
and um, I was very surprised when you pulled up the movie. I'm like, oh, we're we going to do this? Well, we started it anyway. And um, so I'm very jazzed to yeah. have this opportunity. Uh, I've never seen the last. We ha- I've never seen the, the final, final episode. Never. Yeah. Well, I don't think I saw any of the last season of it. So. You missed a lot. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Because back when it was on originally, it moved a lot, it, it, either in time or on, uh, well, I don't think it changed stations, but um, it... There was a lot of bouncing around. Yeah, it was a lot of, sometimes it was on at like 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, it would be preempted all the time, well, so... Well, I was working at the TV affiliate at the time who had the syndication package that contained it, mm-hmm. and sometimes it would get preempted for other programming, and we did have to bounce it around from slot to slot yeah. from time to time, but I had access so I could view it. Yes. And um, it, just for general purposes, the original series aired from 1993 to 1998, so it's elderly, um, and I do look forward to watching the remastered graphics on the big flat screen TV and see how they, um, we see a Vorlon spaceship coming into dock and we see it doing its little um, things on its fins and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that looks so pretty. Well, that was always there. Yeah. This isn't the, up- I mean, this is the original graphics from the original print movie. Yeah. the original movie. So. so I look forward to seeing what's next. Yes, I do as well. And I also look forward to finding out what we're going to watch next week, which you probably won't tell me until much later. Uh, yeah, because I got no idea. Gotcha. All right. As And it is as it shall be. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We appreciate it. If you would, be so kind. Uh, subscribe uh, and turn on notifications for uh, the new episodes of the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a whole lot. Uh, If you have suggestions for something for us to watch, feel free to send them to us. You can send that to ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. Both the name of what it is, uh, where we can stream it, and why you think we should watch it. Mm -hmm. You can also leave us a um, voice message. Click on the link. At the in the description of this podcast, and you can send us your own message in your own voice. I guess that does it for this week. I think so. All right. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. Later. Yay!